welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. Today's subject, Shona Force One. We're here to talk with Atlassian consultant. Sorry. What? It's it's Force India. Oh well, yeah, but we know the episode is not about Force India, Shona. Oh. It's about you. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So, as you hear, we're being joined today by Atlassian consultant Shona Gilchrist. Hi, Shona. Thanks for for coming in. We're so glad to talk to you today. Now, Shona does have experience with Force India, the F1 team, but we're going to get there soon. First, I have to say hello to the madman on the road, Matthew Stubblefield. Hi, Matthew. You you always give me such good introductions. I try to think of some funny reply and fail every time due to my lack of preparation. If only I was a bit faster. It's okay. It's a, just hit the gas, man. Hit the gas. And speaking of gas, here's the Thunderbolt round. And today's Thunderbolt round, we're going to share in a minute or less the most ridiculous driving we've ever done. So it's the it's the most reckless and or awesome driving that didn't land us in jail. Okay. Does that ruin anyone's? Okay, nobody ended up in jail. Good. So what my reckless and awesome driving experience was is uh, I went to visit my brother in Florida, southern Florida, which has very long stretches of highway between cities. And he happened to have a Corvette, C5 model Corvette, which is a which is a pretty fast car, and he let me drive it. Um, and he actively encouraged me to drive really fast. And so on this highway, I hit 110 miles an hour, just flying past cars. And then we come up to some traffic. And instead of like slowing down, he just made hand motions to indicate how to get around the traffic. And I did it. It was, it was a little scary, but it was a lot of awesome. So a Corvette, 110 miles an hour, top down, West Palm Beach, Florida. It was it was something. Our Shona, what about you? Um, I, my, I've got two. If that's all right, yeah, go go um, for it. One was on a circuit, and one was on a simulator. Um, circuit. We were at a um, the guys. It was at um, Jonathan Palmer's um, racing um, racing center that we've got in the UK. Um, we were driving. It was a Jaguar. It was a convertible i don't actually know the type but it's a two-seater and um it was sad so i had a guy next to me telling me how to drive all around the corners and i was just going slowly at first just to you know get the hang of the corners and whatever and he said yeah you can go a little bit faster because there's all these markers of when to when to actually break and and when to change up a gear and everything like that and um i was going around and he said you know people normally take this corner at um about a (laughs) hundred Oh, okay. What, what speed was I doing it at? 40. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'll get up a little bit. But I mean, I got quicker and quicker. I was just learning the course and got quicker and quicker. And of course, when it's actually telling you to break, 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 he's going, quicker, quicker, quicker. Because you, you can, if you get it right, just, you know, just jump on the brakes right at the corner, zip around, and keep going. But if you break too early, like it's telling you to, you lose an awful lot of energy. And I think I was up to the sort of um, over 100 um, by the time I was getting there. But um, I did actually skid at one point further around the um, the course, not the um, that corner. I was coming out of a corner. I then went into the spin, and he just says, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. <laughs> now floor it. right? And I just did this sort of 360, straight on, you know, without almost feeling like I've lost the beat at all. Yeah, so that was, that was quite, um, quite something. Really enjoyed that. 
Um, second one, I think um, that was probably the most ridiculous, was um, in a simulator. Um, obviously, in F1 team, we, we've got um, they have um, simulators. And I, I got in. I didn't realise the mic was open all the time like this one. And I was in it and I was, <laughs> as I was going around all of the corners. Apparently, it was hilarious to listen to. But um, so that's probably the most ridiculous because of all of the, uh, my soundtrack that I gave to it. Um, and the amount of times I ended up in the gravel trap. Um, that's it. That's pretty awesome, Shona. That's, that's, that's incredible. Um, the 360 bit, that's where it's at. Yeah. Fast and Furious. Shona yes, Gilbert. yeah. <laughs> Matthew, what did you do ridiculously uh, you, in a car? You, you guys have driven so much cooler cars than me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so both of these, I have two, two brief stories or, or things to relate. Both were in a, uh, oh gosh, what was the year? Right around 2000 Mercury Tracer. Uh, a, a Tracer had a, actually a Geo Metro motor in it. It was a three-cylinder, three-cylinder. motor. Great gas mileage. Great gas mileage. Super lightweight car. And it actually did have a pretty high top speed. Uh, so one, I was in, of course, high school because that's when you do stupid stuff like this, uh, going because I was a nerd to a speech and debate tournament, uh, very proud nerd on that driving to Logan Rogersville, where I decided to race a guy in a sports car of some sort. Um, I feel like it was, it wasn't like Corvette. I think it was like, uh, one of the, the Subaru WRX, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the, the people scoop those up. And I find that racing in the Ozarks is less about the top speed your vehicle can achieve and more about how long you're willing to push it. <laughs> uh, I, did, I did get that tracer up over, it was close to 100 or right over 100, shaking apart at that point. Uh, but I won. I did win. He, he was not willing to risk his vehicle as we pulled into Logan Rogersville. Um, the other one, since it involved the 360, was that same Mercury Tracer. This wasn't going particularly fast. Uh, but I lived out in the country and country roads, uh, when it snows and ices and this part of the Ozarks, they don't get any sort of salt or scraping or anything. Uh, so there's a lot of black ice in the area. And I was probably doing around 30 miles an hour. I mean, relatively slow, but hit a patch of black ice, maintained perfect control, beautiful 360, and came to a stop facing the direction I had been going. Uh, <laughs> the engine died. Because it's a Mercury Tracer and it's not very good, but it, you know, so it's sold out. But I managed to just—I felt very proud of myself. So I feel like I, I've actually driven many types of vehicles, many hours in different weather types. I feel like a very practiced emergency driver because I've had—I actually have many stories similar to that uh, in giant vans and tiny cars and everything in between. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt particularly good about controlling that 360 and all the various driving experience i got up north of springfield and when you realize that you're heading the right direction and your stomach leaves your throat right (laughs) like like, i'm not in a ditch that's a nice change (laughs) it's good it's good (laughs) i mean it's not like with the tracer you couldn't just pick it up and put it back on the road (laughs) so I don't know what these tracers are but you're making it sound like that um you know the french cars the little 2cb things they're um, it had a four seat. It had a front and a back. The back was so small, I couldn't fit in it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the the UK equivalent beat would be. It's like a, a similar body to a very small Ford. 
Um, like the original five hundreds. Possibly, it was not a hatchback. Okay. Um, it had a proper boot, as they say over there, but it was a very small, lightweight. But it was great. It was a great car. I think I paid two thousand for it. Uh, great gas mileage. Uh, it got me where I needed to go. I really, I would actually love a little little beater like that with a three cylinder standard uh, transmission. Mm-hmm. That would be the best. See, one big key difference in vehicles, Shona, from here to England. Now in America, it's really hard to find a standard transmission. They're all automatics. Whereas in England, you've almost all got standards. And driving standard is fun. I I think you've got a lot less control. Well, I feel you've got a lot less control in an automatic. How on earth do you do a hill start? Just don't stop. That's how we roll. (laughs) 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 I see what you did there. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> so, speaking of speaking of of cars and and some some crazy driving, mm. Shona, you come to Adaptivist from Force India, which is an F yep. one team. Can you tell us uh-huh. a little bit about your history at Force India? Um, my, yes, I had um, there. They use um, Jira and Confluence and Bitbucket, um, and I got into it. I originally joined um, as a well, on the tech side, really, so supporting the AD. And I used to go out to the um, circuit, um, supporting the um, supported race team, but that was with another another team, um, but supporting the test team, particularly at Force India. So you'd um, have to build, you'd turn up at this completely empty garage, and you'd then have to bring in all of the infrastructure and build that from scratch. And then um, when the guys are actually running, you're kind of just waiting for something to break or not, you know, defiling your nails or whatever it is. And then when everything get, when they're finished, pack everything away again. So that's how I started. And then, you know, you just um, get over that and um, you just move on to, it's very, very tiring, move on to um, other things. And I ended up in applications and just um, basically using Jira and Confluence. Um, I had to upgrade. We had one... We've been running Jira 3 for goodness knows how long. And Jira 6 was out. So you can imagine how long we've been running the one instance. Yeah. And then it was time to upgrade. And there were just so many add-ons. And I was thinking, oh, oh. So um, it was up to me. That's how I basically learned Jira was just pulling that apart, putting it back together again and upgrading it to 6. Just like um, the car. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> so that, that was that was basically my introduction, and and from then on, I just sort of took it over, and that became my my little baby, if you like. Um, and then, yeah, just time to move on, and I moved on to here. So it's a natural, natural zip on. And I'm not terribly, <laughs> I'm not terribly familiar with with F one. It's it's not mm-hmm. something that's sort of very common in the U S so I hear it's no. starting to come up, make a comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my understanding is that there, there is a lot of rebuilding of the vehicles and a lot of processes to me. Is that, is that what you were using Jira for? Like what all did force India use, use Jira for? Um, we used it for the, the first thing we started using Jira. We have <laughs> left there now. Um, I, I suppose you don't actually leave a company cause I'm still supporting the team. So yeah, it's still we, isn't it? Um, used it for the, uh, fault system was the main reason for getting it and I think that it got it about nine years ago now um, like I said when it was um, Jira 3 and the fault system is basically when there is an issue at the circuit 
um, capture the an image of that, a description of that, um, the details of that, and and you know who, who the person was that um, uh, that found it, in all the details that you need around a, an issue. Um, whilst you're actually at the circuit, put that into this system, and then the people back at the factory who are either working over the weekend or conceal their you know their notifications or whatever, they can see what the issue is and start working on it, or at least start thinking about it. So that was the um, the first. Uh, actual project in there IT is obviously in there that was the second one um, and then it's other things like for example the wind tunnel um, where they build an actual model of the car um, used to be 50% it's now 60% build a little model put that into the wind tunnel to you know see how things are going see how the, the effect of um, cornering the tyres that you know all everything that the, everything you throw at a car to simulate it that's um, recorded in there, the building of that model the, um, and the running of that model and what, what tests you're going to put on it, and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a whole load of other things from facilities to more IT ones. So, oh, software development, obviously. Um, yeah, about that. that you say awesome? obviously, but uh, it, I think for my enemy and our complete lack of knowledge about almost everything, that's less obvious. <laughs> I have seen a picture of an F1 steering wheel. And mm-hmm. I did see that. That it, was cool. Yeah, they there's there is some software running that. I, yes. I mean, like, do they Presumably. play Game Boy games while they're? Because you know, like video games on that screen. I think it's a bit more advanced. It's probably a PC game. That was yeah. Guess. Diablo three. Yeah, because we'll they have they have um, an awful lot of time when they're driving along at um, two hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Maybe what? Actually, they, well, they do manage to talk. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they manage to do all that they do when they're, they're zooming along at, you know, between, I mean, I suppose at some point they do slow down to about 100, but they're mainly averaging sort of 160 to 200. And they manage to see, I'm not joking, screens of themselves, images of themselves on the, on the big screen. They manage to um, talk to their, or most of them manage to talk to their um, engineers and pass information. Occasionally they get a bit... Um, um, impolite and oh. tell them to just go away please they're driving the car um, <laughs> some choice language comes out um, and they also can see a pit board and um, work out um, if they've got to effectively restart some things some, some of the software effectively needs restarting and they do that by punching little buttons on the, on the steering wheel While all they're doing yeah. about 160 miles an hour right. and yeah I don't quite know how they do that. Sounds like a Wednesday to me. <laughs> so, yeah. what was the what was the ultimate goal though? We brought these systems in. We we've brought in Jira. We brought in Confluence. We got Bitbucket. We're developing. We're uh, cataloging content. We are building models for wind tunnels. What what is the ultimate goal here? Make the car go faster. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. There it is. Yeah. That sounds like a good statement. Make the car go faster. Yeah, I think that, that, that is it for anything. Any justification of any money, justification of anybody spending time, anything, anything is justified by make the car go faster. Or how does this make the car go faster? And so that brings me to think about how goal setting can be so important so that everyone can remain focused, right? We've got this central target to hit. Mm. And so oftentimes when we go into engagements with clients, 
if we see that they they don't necessarily know where it's going, it kind of brings us back to that mission conversation we had. It might be harder to hit our our goals, right? If we don't know what the goal is. So what are some tricks to for our listeners if they're looking to really get their team focused, right? If we're if we're looking to drive towards a a, a single common goal, how do we establish that mission? I think you need you need to check your processes, don't you? If you have if you've got mixed processes and you're all going in slightly different directions so a get that that goal but also the way you're getting that goal how you're getting there and make sure you're all channeling together because you can all pull in different ways and yes in a team like um, a formula one team you have to come up with new ideas you have to all challenge each other but you still have to be going in the same direction so whilst you break out to get your different ideas then come back in and I say that's frequent, frequent discussion, that's constant communication and constant checking in with, um, with where everybody's getting up to and the deadlines, milestones, whatever you'd like to call it, check-ins, I don't know. But, um, and that, that's one thing a, a Formula One team had always has is because you've got the um, – they used to be in-season testing when I was do, doing testing, um, but then it um, then became to – you didn't have in-season testing. There's only – the testing now is just – is in within the race weekend on the Fridays. So, But there is a constant um, testing race, testing race, and that happens roughly every two weeks. You do get back-to-backs and you do get bigger gaps, but you've – got what 20 races over the year so you've got constant mile um, milestones you've got constant right we're going to we need this then right we all need to focus on that then some people can go and develop i've lost i've lost the plot here haven't i <laughs> it's okay you you check in you check in and make sure you're all going the same direction <laughs> yes, yes. as fast as humanly possible <laughs> matthew what were you going to say no i mean that makes sense and it does remind me of the conversation we had with our ceo simon hayden williams and with david oh. fabi a couple months ago now about mission, you know, setting something that's clear that is future facing, you know, that's, that's future tense. This is what we're going to do. We are going to make the car faster and everything we do has to come behind that. And uh, listening to you, Shannon, it's very clear that there's a lot of that. That's not actually auto mechanics. Um, There's a lot of supporting processes and there's a lot of capturing of what's happening um, on the track and, designing these things and thinking through the software that's behind them. And it's really neat to hear about Jira being used for things that are, it's not just bug tracking. It's not just software development, but there's, there's hardware development and there's, there's process improvement and there's communication aspects to it. Uh, and hearing about the, the modularity and the, the different ways that it's used. Um, it's very inspiring. It's very, very neat. Hmm. There are teams using Jira for a lot more than just software and, you know, racing cars. We've got marketing teams out there using Jira. We've got HR groups using Jira. Sales yeah. teams are finding ways to use Jira instead of other customer relationship management uh, tools. And it's, it's all possible through keeping an eye on where we need to go. Let's make this tool fit our needs. And the modularity there is really fantastic. But anything that's got a, um, a requirements, you need to capture things from a load of different people. You need timestamps and who's done it. Um, and then and you've got a deadline. That's just about anything we do, isn't it? And it sounds like the key to all this to make it work is having that clear goal. Because if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish, then you can't build the tool to support your goals. You, you, know, you have to know what do we need to gather? Who all needs to be included? What's our process for this? 
Jira can do these things, yeah. but out of the yes. box, it's probably not going to meet that need. Well, if you don't know where you're going, you never know if you got there. That too. That's a great point. Yeah. Because you, you, you mentioned milestones earlier. Mm. You can't measure those if you don't set them. Um, no. And we can, we can use Jira for that as well. Yes. So what can Atlassian do to help us keep on those goals at lightning fast speeds? What can Atlassian do to help our users and our listeners out there um, drive towards a similar goal? Oh, change their documentation. <laughs> all in their documentation. I mentioned this to them at last summit. All their documentation for, for Jira. Um, I mean, I understand it for software, but some, some bit. But it was all saying software development team. I said, why can't you just put team? Why does it have to be software development team? Yes, that's where it originated. But if you put, keep putting software development team in all of your documentation, it kind of puts people off. If they're um, wanting to use it for something else, it's a bit exclusionary. Yeah, that's right. That wasn't my. <laughs> oh, it's my okay. Two worth. I appreciate your passion, though, and that's a simple thing, but it's mm. but it's a it's an important thing, you know, because and we hear this from customers. I hear this from other partners who say Jira can only be used for software development. But what are you talking about? We can't design a workflow to help a newspaper company write and publish articles. That's not what it's for. Just for software. And like, no, you can use it for anything. Yeah, we could use it for putting too. on a show. <laughs> no, we, could, that, we could use it for a podcast. <laughs> and we do. That's, that's going to be crazy. Excellent. Matthew, you got anything to add to that? What can Atlassian do besides? Because I do, I agree with you, Shona, completely. Words do have meanings. Matthew, you got anything else that you could add there? I have a thought. I have a thought just based on earlier. I think easier upgrades uh, because there's new features that help people, but upgrades are scary. Uh, and if you're an advanced customer, if you're needing more power, cloud isn't going to be a, a good solution for you. You need a lot of integration, you need a lot of power, you need things like script runner and other tools. So you've got to be on server, but upgrades are hard. And uh, so continuing work to improve the upgrade process so people can get the latest and greatest tools. I think that'd probably be a big help, uh, to, to keep teams moving fast. Oh man. What I wouldn't give for can plan, get rid of that scrum board. But thank you, Shauna, for, for joining us today and sharing your stories about sharing your story about working with Force India. By the way, Adaptivist is a technical partner of Sahara Force India, the F1 team. So if you're interested in joining a team that helps other teams go really freaking fast, visit joinadaptivist.com. Um, and if you're enjoying this podcast, real quick, just go and, and share it on your social media platform um, of choice. Do it fast. And if you would like to suggest a topic for the podcast, if you want to be a guest, we would love to have you. So please send an email to learn at adaptivist.com. So once again, thank you so much to Shona Gilchrist for joining us today. And for Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilkin. We'll catch you next week on Adaptivist Live. Bye. Is it it's cars that go fast? Is it like drag yeah. racing? What it, also go left and right. <laughs> <laughs>